Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So my guest today is a very accomplished gentleman, Mark Hersheberg. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correct, and that's like the running joke of my podcast. It's, you know, I'm naming domain names, naming, naming, and then I pronounce names badly. So there you go. Uh, Mark is a successful entrepreneur, MIT instructor, and author of the book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. He has experience ranging from tracking criminals in the dark web to ballroom dancing, so I'm sure we're going to have a fun conversation. Hello and welcome. Thank you for making the time, Mark. Thank you for having me on the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Let's start with a little bit of a background. Like I'm, I'm trying to keep things short, but like with with that introduction, I, it's going to be hard for you, I think, to keep that short. But let's let's give it a go. Like give me a bit of a background. Sure, I'll tell you how I got to here because this will mm. tie into the many brands that I have. So I came mm. at MIT back in the '90s. And I started out as a software developer, quickly realizing I wanted to become a CTO, a chief technology officer. I realized that the skills needed were ones like leadership, networking, negotiating, communication, team building, Mm. all these important skills that no one ever taught me. So I had to go learn these skills on my own. As I developed them in myself, I realized I want my whole team to have these skills. I began to upskill them. Mm. Around the time, in the early 2000s, MIT got similar feedback from companies saying, we can't find these skills in anyone we hire, not just your students or your alumni or engineers. In general, we want these skills, we can't find them. So we created MIT's Career Success Accelerator Program. I helped create that. I've been teaching there for over two decades in parallel to being a CTO. And having Mm. done that now for a couple decades, I put out the book, The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. I also do speaking based on that. And then that led to the Brain Bump app as well, which is an app helping people retain things they get from podcasts like this or books like mine. But it Mm. means now I have multiple brands. There's Mark Hirschberg, the startup CTO who does a lot, particularly in cybersecurity. There is... Mark Hirschberg, the author of the Career Toolkit book, who does professional skills development. And then there's the guy who talks about branding and media under the Mm. Brain Bump app. So I've got multiple personas, multiple brands that I have to manage. Mm. And how do you do that? That's what challenging thing, just like managing one brand alone. And then a few that are not always necessarily targeting the same audience. It is. And you can do it with different domains. In fact, I have multiple domains. So I have the career toolkit book domain for my book. I have the Cognosco Media domain and the Brain Bump app domain brainbumpapp.com, kinosmedia.com. And those are on the media and brain bump side. So they're separate brands. And you think, well, never Mm -hmm. the twain shall meet, except if you search my name, my name is associated with both of these, plus all the startup stuff. Mm -hmm. And while I do have separate social media channels, so those who follow me as the author and professional skills person, you can follow things. I've got different names on different social media because I couldn't get like domain names. Some of them got taken up, 
but I have names like the career toolkit book, you know, at career toolkit mm-hmm. book at something. I can't even remember which one for which social media channel. <laughs> and then I have at Cognosco media. So those two different brands, but when it comes to LinkedIn, there's Mark and Mark has one LinkedIn page. And that page mm-hmm. is for Mark, the CTO, Mark, the author and Mark, the media person. Mm-hmm. How did you go about uh, choosing the brand names for, for your projects, for your businesses? It's a really good question. When it came to the book, if you ever write a book, the title is, of course, very tricky because you're trying mm. to think, how in a few words can I convey what this is? And then you get the issue of the URL because, of course, you need a domain. And I wound up through various approaches getting user surveys and feedback. We wound up with the name of the book, The Career Toolkit. That wasn't my original plan, but based on feedback, based on market research, that's what I went with. Now, I one mistake I made is I didn't actually go on Amazon and look, is there another book with that title? Oh. <laughs> you can have multiple books with the same title, but you you generally want to avoid it. Uh, it turns out there is a book with that title, but it's from the 1990s. And this is why I didn't know it, because I know a lot of the books in my space but from the 1990s, before I was really actively reading them, there was not a lot if you search for it. So that's why I wasn't aware of it. But that's fine. It's from the last printing was mid-90s. So it's a little out of date. There is a separate URL. I mentioned my URL is thecareertoolkitbook.com. And I have book in there because someone has thecareertoolkit.com. Mm. I looked at her website and I saw, okay, she's got a website. I think I even reached out to her asking if she'd sell it. It didn't look very active but I knew that I could beat it in SEO. And within probably about two months, I was already taking the top rank on SEO. And right now, because of all the work I've done with my brand, with the outreach, with going on podcasts, with getting these backlinks, I don't even know if she's on the first page anymore. So I Mm. definitely beat her out on the SEO. Now, interestingly, my other brand, Cognosco Media, was originally not a website I thought people would go to. How do you spell Cognosco Media? It's a Latin word. Mm. And I thought, oh, well, this is fine. I'm not going to tell anyone. So who cares if they can spell it? And now when I go on on podcasts, I say, oh, it's Cognosco Media, C-O-G-N-O-S-C-O Media.com. <laughs> and have to do this unexpected brand. Uh, Brain Bump, the app I mentioned, the original name was Read in Force. As in okay. reinforce and mm-hmm, read mm-hmm. together, but it it didn't sound good. It sounds like there's a group of angry librarians coming to get you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I it's... knew I needed to change the name, and also we weren't just about reading because we support podcasts and talks and other content. I am fortunate to know a woman named Alexandra Watkins. She has a wonderful book called Hello, My Name is Awesome. And it's about branding. And I'm going to recommend you get her on your show later on. I went through her process. I came up with a new name, Brain Bump, and then looked around. I checked the URLs and checked for that. And while I think brainbump.com was already taken, someone who was wise said, oh, this could be worth something down the road. Brainbumpapp.com was open. And so I was able to pick that up as the one pager for that brand. So each of my brands has a different background. I couldn't always get the URL I wanted, mm. but I could get a close enough one and win on the SEO. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely an issue many entrepreneurs are having with the available URL and uh, 
well, that's why people like me, I guess, exist to, to match those um, and, and advise people on, on how to get those names. It's definitely not not an easy thing. It gets harder as time goes on because it's it's like real estate on the internet. So the better names, the pronounceable, short, brandable dictionary words, you can just forget about it. Um, yeah, but it's a very it's a very common thing to add a word or add a, some some descriptive to to the brand. So we, we mentioned, yeah, we, we mentioned domain names now quite a few times. Tell me a bit more about your your experience with domain names. I first learned about the World Wide Web back in 1992, back when I was at MIT. We're a little tech forward thinking there. And a mm. friend of mine showed me the World Wide Web. He pulled up. I was like, was there the internet in 1993? Yeah. <laughs> there, there was. There was at the time maybe a couple thousand websites. In mm. fact, a friend of mine had an early version of Yahoo. He wrote a script that kept track of what are all the websites. And he wrote some early web crawlers. So he showed me these sites. I thought, oh, this is, this is cool. This is interesting. And the first thought I had within a minute of learning about this, I said, you mentioned it's like real estate. I thought this is the new West. This is it. This is land. I want to buy land. I want to go buy, I'll buy IBM.com and Barbie.com and all these brand names. That's going to be valuable. Mm. But then 30, 60 seconds later, I talked myself out of it. No. I thought, <laughs> yes, I literally did. I thought, well, what makes land valuable? It's valuable for one of two reasons. One, it has some natural resources. There's oil or gold under that land. Well, these are just names. I can put a tiny server or a large server behind it. It doesn't matter. It's not naturally connected. So there's no natural resource underneath. Mm. Okay, the other reason it's valuable, location. We know mm. beachfront property. But wait, everything's hyperlinked. There's no beachfront property. Everything is equally connected to everything else. So yeah, there's no inherent value. And I talked myself out of buying these <laughs> domains. Now uh. I learned a story years <laughs> later. Uh, those who might be closer to my age and lived in the US, we used to have back in the 90s, collect calling was very popular. You would dial a phone number, a special 1-800 number, and then you'd say, I want to talk to this person. It would be done as a collect call where the person receiving mm. the call would get the charge. Big business worth hundreds of millions of dollars. AT&T, one of our phone companies, had a program called 1-800-OPERATOR. You'd call 1-800-OPERATOR and they'd say, oh, I'd like to speak to this person. That was their collect call number. Oh, operator, of course, you can remember that. Mm. Turns out most Americans don't know how to spell operator. <laughs> and in fact, they misspelled it. Now, the oh, number yeah. that they did instead with the misspelling went to Sprint, one of the other phone companies. Sprint oh, very wow. quickly figured out, oh, we have all this demand coming in through this number. They turned that into their collect calling number, their interface for it, and generated lots and lots of money because people trying to go to AT&T mm. got it wrong, went to Sprint, and they captured the revenue. If mm. I knew that story... Back in 1992, when I learned about the web, I said, oh, wait, short yeah. URL matter. Spelling <laughs> matter. There is value. So yeah. I learned the lesson a little late. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. And that's something that uh, 
I, I see a lot, a lot with uh, businesses, exactly the same story with domain names. And I, I think it's something that I have that it's kind of a recurring uh, topic with guests that I have on different issues in different industries. But one common mistake that uh, I see people make pretty much on every podcast where I always bring up the question about, you know, in your field of expertise, what are the common mistakes that people make? And it always actually can simplify them or very often you can simplify them to people forget that they are not their customer. So if you think I'm fine, I can spell that, I can remember that, I can type that, I don't have an issue with that, great. But your customers are not you and very likely they, they will have a problem with that. You are spot on. In fact, Brain Bump, while that is a very good brand and it goes to what we're trying to do, people here at Brain Bump, we're trying to help you remember things. It's like a nudge mm. for your noggin. But what when I went through the whole naming exercise, what I didn't take into account is some people hear it as Brain Dump. Oh, it's oh, just dear. taking all the information <laughs> and dumping it out. And I go on podcasts and the host will half the time say, brain dump and that's the question of do i want to get the brain dump domain but i think brain bump uh it's enough i just say it often enough and make sure to enunciate it that people hear it correctly mm, absolutely and well that's the thing and I, I say that often to when i talk to entrepreneurs about domain names and like yeah well i i don't want to spend all that money on that or i don't need to spend all that money on whatever domain name and it's like it's not that it's not doable when I mean, you have like hugely successful companies that don't have their domain name that exactly matches their brand it is doable it's just a matter of what would it cost you to achieve that with a domain name that's not perfect compared to what is the asking price for that domain. And if you're fine with, you know, that's like you do the, the math and you're fine with paying, you know, it costs you less getting there by, you know, SEO, by repeating something, by whatever, then it makes sense. So yeah, that, that's always my advice to so just take it seriously, do the calculations, think about it, and then it, you know, you, you know your business best, so you know what makes sense. Yeah. What What's the cost of generating that traffic? What's the cost of the lead to mm, you? And yeah, that's really exactly. how to look at. I remember another incident. This is back in early 2000, January of 2000. I was at a company called iShake, E-Y-E-S-H-A-K-E. -E -E. It was like a mm. visual handshake was the thinking. Okay. And as soon as we registered that domain, we got within 20 minutes an email from someone who registered lowercase i shake. I said, oh, hey, I've got this domain. You might be interested. And we looked at the time that it was registered. And this oh, is back when people had access to the domains, you know, to see what's being registered and who's doing it. Mm -hmm. And very quickly figured out, well, so this guy was just kind of watching and sniping every time a domain got registered he would go and register similar sounding ones and then try to sell it. I think he wanted to mm. sell it to it for $5,000. Mm. But we learned the lesson. Every time I create a new domain, I would in parallel create a couple different variations. This is early 2000s. You could still get mm. some domains back then. Uh, these days, mm. of course, it's a lot harder. Definitely. And and that's the one on, on domain names. Um, and I'm going to move on to other things now, but just on that Definitely something like having a domain name strategy, it's absolutely, I think, imperative to anyone, like whether it's personal brand, a book you mentioned, a business, whatever, 
generally just like thinking through all the options, making sure that, you know, you, you have all the misspellings, miss whatever, just trying to think as your audience would. Like the, I oftentimes, not oftentimes, luckily, but I, I see sometimes like huge brands that would have, like they would launch a product or something and they would have like a dash in the name and not get the not dashed version. It's like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're just going to like drop people. And it always comes down to, I feel, obviously it's a business. You always want to make money and, uh, you know, stay in business so that you're able to continue doing what you're doing. But ultimately it's, I see it as in a way, it's a respect to your customer. It's a respect to their time, to, to the security of their data as well, because, you know, compromises with with domain names that leads to compromises with security inevitably emails lost and all that stuff so it's definitely something that's not just about you and your bottom line but it's also about your customers and and the respect you show to them by making it easier for them to you know reach you and making sure that their emails their searches everything leads to you as they expected you there i think i lost your sound no, I'm still here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk a bit about the career toolkit. And I love that topic because I have uh, an eight years old, 18 years old in the house. And, and he's like pulling his hair out about career choices and where to go. And I completely agree with what you said at the beginning, what your experience was that you come out with what's supposed to be great education, but then you're lacking skills that's like a really basic and, and with those that great education just looks like some kind of a, I don't know, like I'm trying to imagine it figuratively speaking. It's like some great set of books that you have, but you, you can't use them. You don't know what to do with them. They're just stuck and you're carrying them with you. And so what? You know. It's unfortunate that our education system is set up for these technical skills, I don't just mean engineering, internet, I mean mechanical skills mm. like knowledge of history or writing, but not a lot of what people typically call soft skills, which is what mm. makes that technical knowledge more applicable and more effective. And mm. I hope our education system changes. It's going to take a couple decades to do so. But we need to recognize these skills make us more effective in our jobs, whether we're eight or 38 or 58, we need these skills. And so we need to develop them on our own if our education, formal or through a company, we're not getting that training. So I wrote the book as one way to do this. There's obviously other books on these topics. My book, by the way, 10 Skills, 10 Topics, it's written so it's very succinct. So many books just it's one idea and then they beat it to death for an extra 100 mm. pages. <laughs> this way, it's very succinct. Each chapter has a mental shift, how to think about the skill, concrete things you can do to be better at, and then next steps if you want to go further. And you can read it in any order. You don't have to read it front to back. Mm. You can say, I want to get better at negotiating, something I'm sure many of your folks need when they're doing buying and selling domains. And so you can jump right to chapter nine and go right to negotiating. Read the other chapters later when they're relevant. It's a toolkit mm. so you can pick up the tool that you need when you need it. Mm. Absolutely. And yeah, so that kind of partly answers my question is who would benefit from reading that book? We, we kind of, so if I understand correctly, that that can be somebody who is like a, right at the beginning of their career path and, you know, they, they don't know how how to navigate that or somebody who has already some success 
but they're looking to improve or they know there's some things that are not working. If you say, I need to get better at these skills, I want to be better at networking, for example, it doesn't matter your age, this book can mm. help you improve that <laughs> skill set. So wherever you are in your career, this book can help you if you need help with these skills. Mm. Wonderful. And how does, um, I mean, it, it's very, or maybe there is some link there, but like how does the, you, you have the book and that's on, on on career and getting better at what you're doing. And and then you have the Cognosco Media and I can see how the Cognosco Media and the Brain Bump actually link up, but give me a bit more of a, background on how, how those those touch together. One of the challenges with a book like mine, or in general, a self-help book, a business book, is where you read information isn't where you need information. Mm. So for example, you read that chapter on networking or negotiating, but you're not going to be at a networking event or at a negotiation table for two months. What are those mm. chances you still remember what you read? It's pretty slim. Yeah. I want to help people retain information, even for great podcasts like this. The reality is people are probably forgetting most of what they heard a day or two later. Mm. We want them to remember it. They want to remember it. How can we help them? So Brain Bump basically takes the key ideas from this content, from books, blogs, podcasts, classes, and talks. The key ideas are in there. It's like a cross between a flashcard app and a daily affirmation app. So mm. in my book, if you went through with a highlighter, we've got those highlights already in the Brain Bump app. And so you can get the free app. Brain Bump's completely free. You download the tips that come from the book. Also free. We don't even check, did you buy the book? If it's on there, mm. it's free. You can get so it might be a book you're reading as a companion, or it might be something you want to check out. So you get those tips and you can use it one of two ways. All the tips, each tip is like a flashcard, not with a question answer, just here's the answer. Here's the thing you want to remember. Mm. They're all tagged. Think like hashtags. So if you're at a conference two minutes before you walk into the room, you can say, oh, what were those great networking tips in Mark's book? You open up the app, you hit that networking tag, and there mm. are all the tips. And you just flip through it, and you get that just-in-time reminder of what you need to know. That's very cool. Now, it also has a daily affirmation version, which is that as you're reading the book or as you're listening to a podcast like this, say, well, I want to remember this. I want to keep it top of mind. So each day at a time you, the user, set, you get a single push notification with one of those pieces of advice. And you can define and say, I just want leadership tips, or I just want tips on buying domain names or whatever the tag is you want for all of them. And it comes again at a time you set because we all get so much you know, these emails, these text messages, and they annoy mm. us. We never want to send you things you don't want. And by saying the time, you can think, you know what, I'm a new manager. So at 9 a.m. we walk into the office, that's when I want the management tip. That's when it's relevant. Not at 3.32 p.m., not at 7.15 p.m., 9 a.m. So you get what information you want, when and where it's relevant to you. You don't even need to open the app. You just get that little push. Mm. You see the tip. You go, great. That's helpful. Swipe it away. From the brand's perspective, all of these tips, they come with the name of the brand the name of the podcast, the name of the book. So you help build up that brand recognition. Mm. They're also linked back. So tips from a podcast, for example, are linked back to the podcast episode. This way, the app user says, oh, great tip. 
I want to go deeper. Great. Click. Mm. You're there. The brand creator, the podcaster in this case, says, I want people to listen to my back catalog. That was some mm. great advice from three years ago. No one's looking at my old catalog, but it came up now because that tip is relevant to this user and you can drive them to the back catalog. Mm. That's very cool. And that's, I don't know how other people's are, people are, but I'm like very much like that. And uh, like I can consume a lot of information quickly and, you know, get it and have fun with it. If I'm not using it, it's gone. I mean, gone. Like I can reread the book a few months later and be like, wow, that's a great book. I've never, you know, heard of that before. <laughs> so that's just perfect. Like I'm going to download it as soon as we end up that podcast. <laughs> It uses spaced repetition, which is one of the few proven techniques to help us remember and retain. Spaced repetition, it's a fancy name for why when we were in school, we opened the book again and looked mm. at before the test, <laughs> or why we created flashcards and went through it. It's just the repeated exposure. And the thing mm. is, we all want to do that, but it's so much effort to look at the book again. Who has time for that? So mm. in this passive learning mode where it puts that one little push notification each day where you don't even have to open the app, that's what helps us retain it. The app makes it very easy for you to do that. And we are constantly adding new content. We're like a streaming service, we're like Netflix, where it's just always new things mm. showing up. Unlike Netflix, we generally don't take things away. So <laughs> we're always adding new books, blogs, podcasts. So every month there's new content being added. And I've got people reaching out uh, you can find all this, by the way, at the, the brainbumpapp.com website. I know I've thrown out lots of websites. <laughs> yes. On this website, you, that can take you to the store to download the free app, and it can tell you how it works. There's a 90-second explainer video, but also people interested in getting their content on there can also reach out and say, we're interested in having our content on that app. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I love that. It, it sounds like a really fun project. And on that, what's next? What's the, we're kind of at the beginning of the year where you have a lot of projects already going. What are you looking forward to this year? I've got a lot going on. I can I have, what we haven't really <laughs> talked about is I build tech startups. I've got another one of those. In fact, All we right. just went through the naming exercise because the name we had wasn't quite right for a pivot we did and we had to come up with a new name, but we're not public yet, so I can't I can't mention that yet. But I've got another startup that we are launching. That's a big focus of mine. With BrainBump itself, we're rolling out some new functionality towards the end of Q2. So we're just continuing to enhance more of a big update towards the end of Q2 2023. And then we're also, I mentioned, we're adding new content. Now, most of the content currently, it's business content. It's marketing and careers and public speaking. But we're looking to expand to include other categories like relationships, mm. like health and wellness. I just need to find enough content because I don't want to mm. launch with just one piece of content in that category. Mm. So yeah. we'll be expanding there later in the year as well. And then I'll just continue with the speaking and other things that I do. Great. That sounds exciting. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll include in the write-up for the podcast all the links that you mentioned. So to all our listeners, you can check those out. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show.
Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.